Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Climate emergency, which uh, I'm always torn as to how in-depth to get on what's going on now because then it dates the video, but if you're watching way in the future, we had this thing called COVID-19, and uh, it, it swept through the earth and gave government leaders an opportunity to see how far they can push people and basically do a test run on um, totalitarian control. So now the word's out that they're going to start switching from uh, COVID-19 because uh, people are sick of it to a climate emergency that we need to do all this, all the same things we're doing for COVID um, to stop rapid climate change. So today, I want to talk to you about that in light of Bible prophecy. The title today, Climate Emergency, UFOs, A Great Deception, and the Fulfillment of Bible Prophecy. Glad you joined me today. Let's, um, I, we have two days left in this study counting today. So today I'm going to deal with what I just told you in the title. And then tomorrow is a very important message and lesson. Please don't miss it because I would be an awful person if I did this whole study and didn't do tomorrow's lesson. And you would be an awful person if you listened to all these and didn't listen to the conclusion because tomorrow is going to be, uh, I would say what sets People like me, I'm not the only one by far, apart from other Bible prophecy teachers, because a lot of people, when they get into Bible prophecy, it's all negative. You know, they tell you about all these bad things that are going to happen, and and then there's no conclusion. Well, so anyway, just uh, make sure you have plenty of food and water and get ready for for everything to go down. You're going to, it's going to be bad, man. No, that's not it. There's there's action the Bible tells us to take, knowing these things, and there's power the Holy Spirit has given us. God did not save his worst church for last. Just like I'm fully convinced, just like the best wine was served last, usually people serve the best wine first at the wedding, but you have saved the best for last. God has saved the best church to be the end time church. God has you alive for such a time as this. And we're going to deal with that tomorrow. Glad that you're joining me. Love to see where you're watching from. I see uh, we have somebody watching from Bermuda, which I've never seen that uh, before. That was my mother's favorite place that she ever went. I think that was the first vacation they ever went on. A couple from our church took my mom and dad to Bermuda when I was like seven. I still remember it. And my mom just raved about the place when she, when she came back, about the pink sand beaches and all that. So good to see you. Ontario, glad, glad you're here. Glad you're all here. Share the broadcast if you'd like. Help us defeat the algorithms that don't like us for some reason. Philippines, amazing. Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, I know where that is. More people from Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, I know where that is. That's great, Michael. All right, I'm going to read a number of scriptures because since we only have uh, two sessions of this left, and then we'll get it put into a book, I want to cover 
basically not everything Jesus said, but almost everything Jesus said concerning his return. Matthew 24, verse 3. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us when will all of this happen and what sign will signal your return in the end of the world? Jesus told them, Don't let anybody mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah. They'll deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines. Mark that. Essentially, I mean, in the natural, climate emergency is another way to steal from people. The end game is to pass a, carbon, a global carbon tax payable to the United Nations. Clinton, Iowa. Wow. Greenwood, West Virginia. Texas. But spiritually, the climate emergency is to distract people. You know, instead of seeing famines and earthquakes and floods and tsunamis and saying, oh my gosh, just like the Bible said, Jesus, this is another sign that Jesus is coming soon. It's instead to get people focused on, you know, we must save the world. We must save the earth. And I, I have it in my notes to mention later, but I might as well just mention it now. When you see people, when you see people very concerned about saving this earth, uh, it's a good sign they're not saved, that they don't know the Lord. And that's why they're so concerned about this earth, because it's the only one they're ever going to have. The Bible says when you're a Christian, you're looking forward, but we are, 2 Peter chapter 3, but we are looking forward, I want you to write that down, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, this earth is being kept for judgment. It'll be destroyed by fire. You, there's nothing you can do about that. Noah would have been wasting his time building walls to keep the flood out. You don't build walls, you build an ark. You can't pray off. Forget about taking action to reduce climate change. You couldn't even pray it off. You can't pray off a prophetic agenda. If God said something's going to happen, it's going to happen. So you prepare yourself for it. You can't pray it away. And it doesn't even make sense from a natural standpoint. You're going to ask uh, America and France and Germany and some other nations to go to carbon neutral and become carbon neutral nations. And India and China refuse to sign on which are the, the largest, as of the time of me doing this, the largest polluting countries on the earth by far, particularly China. Then even if they agreed, they said there would be like slight, even the people that are proponents of it, said there would be like extremely slight change. And they're going to use the, and I'm talking extremely slight change like in a hundred years, not anytime soon. So when you hear people say, you know, people have said we have about 12 years left before the earth's destroyed if we don't take uh, severe action 
on this climate emergency? Well, even the, even the experts that are for it say you won't see any effect for at least 100 years, best case scenario. So if there's 12 years left, you're screwed anyway. That's interesting, Matteo. But obviously, Satan can't allow people to just view these things and come to their own conclusion. So they're steering people ahead of time. Instead of seeing things that have never happened in recorded human history start to happen all over the planet with intensity and say, wow, Jesus is coming soon. Instead, people are going to say, we must save the planet, including preachers. You know, it was my faith tradition that I was raised in that we're to be good stewards of the planet. The same way you see ministers promote masks and vaccines, you won't see them preach that Jesus is coming soon and you better repent and get ready. You're going to hear them, you know, echo the same platitudes from CNN and the World Health Organization from their pulpits about being responsible. You, you start watching. When they switch to the full narrative of climate emergency, watch how many churches, just like they paused and did four weeks on Black Lives Matter, just like they shut their churches down when the government told them to, they're going to do four-week series on taking care of the earth because they're too stupid to see it. But the Bible, the Bible, and particularly Bible prophecy, one of the great blessings of it is it makes you unstupid. So let's read. Famines. So Jesus said famines will be a sign that he's returning. Not, oh my, the water's drying up. That's why nothing's growing. We must, no. Famines. Earthquakes in diverse places. That means earthquakes where there's never been earthquakes before. So when you hear them say, good morning in Hobbs, New Mexico. When you hear people say there's an earthquake and we've, boy, there's an earthquake today in Indiana, and there's no recorded uh, record of an earthquake ever in Indiana since, since we've begun keeping records. And then there's three within the year in the same place that never had one. That's what earthquakes in diverse places means. There'll be earthquakes where there were never earthquakes before. But all of this is only the first of birth pains with more to come. So let's get into the, uh, the birth pains. My wife gave birth to our daughter, Camila. So I know a little bit about childbirth, very little. When a woman starts getting birth pains, they don't get further apart and weaker. They get stronger and closer together until the baby's born. So one criticism people have of Bible prophecy is, oh, Jesus said there's going to be earthquakes. There were always earthquakes. Yeah, but he's saying like a woman's birth pains, they'll become more severe and closer together before the coming of the Lord. And again, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but when you, get, when you talk about tsunamis, I've heard people say on the news, there used to be one tsunami every 500 years. We've had three in the last, in the last 10 years. That's the birth pains part of the prophecy. Severe and rapid. Stuff that used to happen once every hundred years, happening a few times a year. Jesus said that's a sign. When you see these things happen, don't get afraid. Take heart, 
for your redemption draws nigh. Verse 29, Matthew 24, 29. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Turn to Luke chapter uh, 17. Arlington, Vermont. I've never even heard of that place, and I've been all through Vermont. For some reason, I used to get tons of meetings to go preach there. Good to see you, Nico, in California. Luke 17, verse 20. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. Then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns, but you won't see it. People will tell you, here is the Son of Man, or here he is, but don't go out and follow them, for as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end of the other, so it will be on the day when the Son of Man comes. But first, the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. And it, the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. Now, this is very interesting. I'm doing signs on the earth today and signs in the sky but I don't think I covered this in the two weeks, and I meant to. As it was in the days of Lot, so it'll be in the days when I return. Where did Lot live? Sodom and Gomorrah. When you read about Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis chapter 18, what were they like? They were cities obsessed with homosexuality. Not cities that had gay people in them. Cities that were obsessed with homosexuality. Two angels visited Lot and came into his home, and the men of the city gathered and beat on the door, and I'm quoting from the Bible, and shouted, send those men out here so that we can all have sex with them. And when Lot came at the door and said, don't do such a wicked thing, let me give you my daughters instead. They said, do you think you can tell us what to do? We'll kill you. If you don't send those angels, they didn't know they were angels, those men out so that we can have sex with them. The men of the city gathered because they saw two new men came, come into the city and said, let us all have sex with them. As it was in the days of Lot, so to be in the days when the Son of Man returned. So when you see, you know, I'm not an old man. I'm 40 exactly. You didn't have that when I was young. If someone was gay, they kept it to themselves. It was not celebrated even by sinners. So to now have it where it is like it was in the day of Lot, and you want to start teaching it to four-year-olds in school. Jesus said that's a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. 
So write that in the comments if you would, as it was in the days of Lot. Then it says, people went about their... Let me cover this too. This is why I told you last year when COVID hit that it wasn't going to go to 40% unemployment and shut all the nations down. Because I want you to write this down. There will not be a pre-apocalypse before the apocalypse. Very important to know that. There's not going to be some massive destruction of the earth and then some years after that the rapture happens and the antichrist takes over look what jesus said it will be like before we leave the earth people went about their daily business eating and drinking buying and selling farming and building there will not be a pre-apocalypse before the tribulation Yes, it will be business as usual right up until the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So if you're, not, if you're not looking at things through the lens of Bible prophecy, you won't even know anything's going on. Just like millions of people now have no idea anything's out of the ordinary. They're just going to get up today, go to work, come home, watch some TV, eat, fall asleep, and go to bed. Business as usual. Until the morning lot left Sodom. Then which is a type of the rapture, as we covered uh, on the rapture on the rapture uh, broadcast. Until the morning lot left Sodom, then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual, right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day a person on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you let your life go, you will save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Where, where will all this happen, the disciples asked. Jesus said, just as the gathering of vultures shows that a carcass is nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Luke chapter uh, 21. Let's read that. Luke 21. Verse 5. Some of Jesus' disciples began talking about the majestic stonework of the temple and the memorial decorations on the walls. But Jesus said the time is coming when all these things will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Teacher, they asked, when will all this happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to take place? Jesus replied, don't let anybody mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and saying the time has come, but don't believe them. And when you hear of wars and insurrections, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Then he added, nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and there will be famines and plagues in many lands. Famines, 
plural, and plagues, plural. So if you shut your church down for COVID-19, you're going to be shutting your church down a lot. Because he didn't say there'll be a plague. He said there'll be plagues, and it'll be like a woman's birth pains. And there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, there will be a, a time of great persecution. That's what we're entering into right now. Verse 25. Because I just want to cover what's pertinent for, for what I'm dealing with today. There will be strange signs. This is Luke 21, 25. There will be strange signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. I want you to write that down. There will be strange signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides, tsunamis. People will be terrified at what, see, so the Bible says that's a sign that Christ is coming soon, but what, what's the earth going to do when they see that happen? Tides changing. Man, the ocean's had this tide since we've, since recorded history, and now it's flown in the other direction. We need to stop using plastic. No, you need to look up for this present earth will come to an end. You can use all the paper straws you want. You're not going to reverse any of this. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. For the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Write that down if you would. The powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up. For your salvation is near, or your redemption draws nigh. Verse 34, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled, D-U-L-L-E-D, dulled, by carousing and drunkenness. What's carousing? Somebody give me a definition of carousing. I don't want to give the wrong definition. The activity of enjoying oneself with others in a noisy, lively way. If you're 30 or younger, or 35 or younger, or 40 or younger, what do are, what are people's lives basically consist of? That word that nobody uses anymore, carousing, would be basically what people's lives are. I'm going to go out, and um, there's a new place that's open, and we're going to go check it out. And um, I'm meeting up with my girlfriends after church. We're going to have mimosas. There's a new place that has mimosas. They have a new guava mimosa. It's the only place in the valley that serves it. And um, they actually do like infused espresso into the mimosa. It's, it's a new thing. And, you know, just go out and talk. And you have, you have a meaningless life. And the Bible says when you live like that, it actually has 
an effect on you or it dulls your spirit. Let's go to Starbucks and then there's, I heard they're reopening one of the movie theaters and um, we're going to go out and check out, there's a new film that's out, it's pretty, pretty cool, it's uh, the same guy that directed the, the one last year, he made a sequel. Carousing and drunkenness, which they go together, and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware. When people backslide, they don't, they don't go to bed one night on fire for God and wake up the next morning backslidden. Carousing, the Bible tells you two of the ingredients to dull your spirit, carousing and drunkenness. Can't wait, it's almost Friday. Anybody else excited for Friday? Why is everybody excited for Friday? Because they're going to carouse and get drunk. <laughs> and so people's, the thing the Bible told you to be careful about is what people's lives center around. That's awesome, Michael. I've gotten so much learning and knowledge in the Holy Spirit since I said the sinner's prayer while watching Check the News. It's a wild ride, but so awesome. God is amazing. He made my day. Glad to have you. For like a trap, like a trap, for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times. See, what we're doing right now is the opposite of carousing and getting drunk. We're studying the word together. And you see how it puts a peace on your mind and your spirit, and it makes you clear-headed and alert? You can spot an antichrist politician. You can't be deceived. I mean, if you watched me last year, myself, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, and that might have been about it. Told you, 15 days to slow the spread is bullcrap. Any rights you lay down now, they're not going to give them back to you. Because you can spot the devil. You can spot lies. But if you, if you don't have the word in you, um, they're just asking us to wear a mask to slow the spread so that we don't overwhelm hospitals. And we all need to do our part. We're all in this together. I believe everything I'm told. Because I'm stupid. But the Bible makes you where you're not like that. Very important. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be counted worthy to escape. Write that down. To, in all caps, to escape. To escape. Jesus said there's a way to escape it. And if you missed the teaching on the rapture, go back on wherever you're watching me right now and we have it chronicled for you. To escape these coming whores and stand before the Son of Man. This is where people get confused with the rapture because they say, well, then, you know, obviously the rapture is going to take place during the tribulation because we're already going through tribulation. no. We're going through what the Bible calls birth pains, the lead up to it. But I've told you the difference is before the rapture, 
what you're seeing happen is the penalty of sin. Sin brings forth death without any help from God. If I decide to start doing heroin and meth today, when I die earlier than I would have, it wasn't because God judged me. The meth and heroin are able to judge me without any help from God. The wages of sin is death. But then after the rapture, the judgment is not just coming from the curse of sin. There's judgment being poured out from heaven. Lot and his family taken out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then fire came down from heaven as it was in the days of Lot. So it'll be in the, days when, the day when the Son of Man returns. Pray that ye be counted worthy to escape these horrors that are to come. Now one more critical scripture. Go to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8, I'm going to read right around verse 22. Thank you, order. I appreciate those kind words. This is going to be on TV in Nigeria, probably next week, if not next week, the week after. Romans 8.18, interesting concept to get a hold of here. Romans 8.18, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all, listen to this now, because today is climate emergency, UFOs, a great deception, and the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. All creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Listen to this. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until this present time. Very interesting concept. The trees hate sin. The mountains hate sin. The ground hates sin. Because against its will, all creation, when Adam sinned, was subjected to death and decay and they're longing to throw it off. So there's actually a reaction of the earth against sin. That as sin and wickedness increase in the last days, that's actually what's bringing about the increase. Now, if this doesn't get me on right-wing watch, nothing will. Because this would be mocked. Preacher says that sin actually brings about earthquakes. Yes, he does. Because I'm not the one that came up with the concept. Another preacher named the Apostle Paul said so in the book of Romans. All creation is groaning against the curse of sin that's been put on it. That it against its will. The earth didn't sin against God, but it was subjected to the curse because of the human beings living on it. That's what it says. And you're free to disagree with me as long as you remember that I'm right. 
a climate emergency to mask the clear signs of Christ's return. A deception. Instead of these signs getting people, like a lot of people did during COVID. Do you know how many people we had turned to Christ? Somebody just wrote it in the comments. You heard me read it, that they, they were watching me on They weren't a Christian. But they're like, hey, something's up here. Well, the devil's not just going to let people go, well, there's earthquakes. I think my grandma used to talk about that in church, that when there's like a lot of earthquakes and volcano eruptions, that it's a sign that Christ is returning. No, it's going to be, guys, we're using too many plastics and we need to switch to paper straws. I mean, these people are so stupid. I'm old, like I've told you, I'm only 40 years old. I've gone from we need to switch to plastic to stop using paper to we need to switch to paper to stop using plastic. I've lived through the hole in the ozone emergency. Are you denying that there's climate change? No, climate change. In fact, last week where I'm living, it, it was 30 degrees and snowing, and a week later, it was 81 degrees and sunny. That's called climate change. But for people that can't predict the weather tonight to think they can predict the weather 100 years from now, not buying it. Would you say the experts' COVID models were accurate or wildly inaccurate? I would go with wildly inaccurate. I don't believe you. You're just people. You're going uh, by earth core temperatures that were taken in the mid-1800s when we were still peeing outside. So forgive me if I don't get worked up because you told me I'm supposed to. A climate emergency to mask the clear signs of Christ's return. What are the specific signs that Christ mentioned? Number one, earthquakes. Earthquakes in diverse places. Severe earthquakes where there's never been any earthquakes. Number two, famines. Drought. Rivers drying up that have never dried up. Number three, plagues, incurable, new, incurable sickness and disease. Four, strange tides and roaring seas, tsunamis. I predict, not prophesy, I predict that there will be whole islands that are no more, either by earthquake or tsunami. Is that going to cause people to repent? Or is it going to cause them to say, we must lower the water levels? 
these things are to cause people to repent and realize that this present earth is going to pass away. Arrogant people will see this stuff happen and they won't turn to God. We need to use more paper straws. Can you imagine being that daft that you see an island of the sea disappear by a tsunami and you're, that's why we need to quit driving cars. All right. You can't save this earth. I want you to write this down. Maybe we should get that for the next Check the News t-shirt. You can't save this earth. It will be destroyed by fire. 2 Peter 3.9. Just wake people up. Use all the paper straws you want. It's going to get scorched. Oh, let me give you another sign. First Timothy chapter 4. They'll say it's wrong to eat meat. First Timothy chapter 4. They'll follow doctrines of devils. They'll say it's wrong to eat meat. Goes right with what... That's why you know the whole climate emergency thing's from the devil. But we know these foods were created by God to be enjoyed. We need to eat less meat. No, actually we don't. Yesterday I had the biggest steak I've had since I was a teenager, which I need to not do at this age, but I had a 22-ounce T-bone, which I intended on eating part of it and then eating the rest today. But I ate it all in one sitting. You know why? Because anything the devil tells me not to do, I'm going to do more of it. Just go in the other direction that the world says. They don't want you eating steak. Eat steak and you say, I can't afford steak. Then have burgers. Beef burgers, not grass burgers. If it's okay for you to do what you want in the privacy of your own bedroom, it's okay to, for me to do what I want in the privacy of my own kitchen. That wouldn't be a bad t-shirt either with a picture of a huge steak. What did God feed the prophet Elijah every day? Bread and 1 Kings 17. So even the call by Bill Gates for people to not have, and Joe Biden to start, you know, you don't need to have steak all the time, you know, maybe like as a treat. The World Economic Forum, you'll eat less beef. It'll be a, a treat here and there, not a staple. Kiss off, how's that? How about I'll eat it? At, I may just eat, I don't even care about health consequences. I would, I'll just do what, whatever you say to do, I'm going to do the opposite.
you can't save the earth. Anyone that tells you you can, you're not listening to somebody talking about the Spirit of God. The Bible is not, the message of the Bible isn't save the planet. The message of the Bible is save the people who are on the planet because the planet's going to get destroyed. Of course you can eat pork, shrimp, squid, and seafood. Acts chapter 10. Well, I don't know what people preach to people. The people don't know anything. That's why, you know, I do this once a day. I should, you know, I should do it like five times a day. Acts 10, verse 9. The next day as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared. I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, Do not call something unclean if I have cleansed it. The vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled out of heaven. 1 Timothy chapter 4. You've got people on Christian TV studying the Old Testament about what you should eat according to Old Testament law when God clearly reversed it in Acts chapter 10. First Timothy 4.1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last days some will depart from the faith and follow deceptive spirits and doctrines that come from devils. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. They'll say it's wrong to be married. You haven't seen that yet, but you'll see it according to the Bible. Not just a redefinition of marriage. They're going to start saying marriage between a man and a woman's wrong and harmful. Wrong to be married. That's why the devil hates the Bible. You can actually preach against and warn people against what he's going to do before he even does it. You got the whole playbook right here. They'll say it's wrong to be married and wrong to eat meat and other foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good. It doesn't say all food's good. It says everything God created is good. If you look at the ingredients and it. It's a bunch of words you can't pronounce. It's not food God created. We should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanksgiving, for we know it is made holy or acceptable by the word of God and prayer. That's why we pray before, one of the reasons we pray before we eat. Let me tell you something from somebody that's traveled to nations of the world. The difference between Christianity and pagan religions. Don't miss this. A major difference between Christianity and pagan religions. Pagan religions teach you that you're to care for the earth. The Bible teaches you that the earth is here to care for you. I'm not here to help cows. Cows are here to help me. God created this earth for man. God did not create man 
to help his number one priority, the earth. God's going to burn the earth up with unquenchable fire. God cares about me way more than animals. Did Jesus teach that or not? Not one sparrow falls from the sky without your father knowing it. And how much more valuable are you to God than sparrows? We're not equal. Me and birds aren't equal. Me and dogs aren't equal. Me and cows aren't equal. Me and turtles aren't equal. If a family of turtles has to die so that I can enjoy a plastic straw, that's their problem. They should come up with some kind of turtle defense system. I'm not here to help them. Anytime you hear people obsessed with saving the earth, they're not speaking by the Spirit of God. God's obsessed with saving the people of the earth. How can this guy be that dumb to say that? Doesn't he know that these climate measures that we're going to take are so we can help the people of the earth? No, they're not. You don't know how to help anybody. Who have you ever helped? Ever. You don't produce anything. If you were in charge of the Sahara Desert, there'd be a shortage of sand within five years. What do you produce? When you put the government in charge of something, like a country, do we all get a check from the GDP every year? Every citizen get a check because they've made money and then we all share it? Or is there a constant trillion-dollar deficit? And you, you can't even balance a checkbook and you can save the planet? Talk to somebody that's dumber. Pack of losers. Deceivers. Now I want you to say this or write it in the comments. So those are signs on the earth. Then the Bible spoke strongly about signs in the heavens. Do you find it odd that the United States just made another branch of the military called Space Force? Do you, do you think that's going to lead anywhere? You think it's interesting that they just declassified all the information on UFOs that the government has seen? Let me see the first video. In night vision video from a Navy destroyer, a mysterious flying triangle above the deck of the ship. Having a Navy destroyer really undermines the idea of defense. We even call it defense. This is our defense budget. What are you spending it on? Destroyers, I mean protectors, conservers. The Pentagon confirming the images obtained by documentary filmmaker Jeremy Corbell were taken by Navy personnel. I like that the sort of the American footage is a little bit mysterious. By the way, this is that's Rusty Rockets, Russell Brand. Not a preacher. This is all common knowledge now. Not a you know, mainstream, several million followers. It's all been declassified. Signs in the heavens. And I'm going to tell you, it's just getting started. Continue. 
pyramid in the sky. For British ones, there are some spaceships. Don't take the joy out of it. They're spaceships. The first incident was filmed off the California coast in 2004, an oval shape hovering, and in the words of the Navy pilot who recorded this, not behaving by the normal laws of physics. Even not behaving by the normal laws of physics can have the joy drained out of it by particular sections of the news media. I suppose the laws of physics are all very particular to our evolutionary lines, our understanding of space and time, and it's completely possible that things that we consider to be absolute, like space and time, are actually subjective experiences only relevant to people with, or beings, with our limited senses and our limited capacity for knowledge. It's entirely possible and plausible that there are different dimensions of being. It all sort of sounds a bit wacky, but now the Pentagon have admitted it, we're off the hook, baby. We can all start talking about it. Why have these things, extraterrestrial beings, collectively existed in culture, uh, adapting to the circumstances and context as time has gone on, but, but always been present? Like in all mythologies, in countries of Africa, in Iceland, in Celtic myth, little beings, fairies, elves, otherworldly creatures, of course, these could be expressions of psychic phenomena and sort of shared cultural metaphor, but they could also be kind of literal. What you're seeing with the focus on spacecraft and aliens is the preparation of the devil to explain away the rapture. What do you think they're going to say when 800 million people disappear off the face of the earth? Oh my God, we missed the rapture. No. It'll lead right to the everybody wanting to get a chip in their hand so they can be tracked and kept safe. Good Lord, if people, look what people are willing to do for a virus that had a 99.7% survival rate. What do you think people are going to be willing to do when this stuff hits the fan? Article. Pentagon UFO report. It's a reality, whistleblower says. The U.S. government is gearing up to share the reality of UFOs with the public and not a moment too soon. This, all is, this is April 20th. This is just happening. This is in the New York Post, by the way, if you didn't see it. Mainstream newspaper. This isn't this is isawufo.net written by somebody that's uh, drank too much Windex in the desert in Nevada. The U.S. government is actually gearing up to share information about the reality of UFOs with the public and not a moment too soon, says the man who claims to have run the Pentagon's UFO program for nine years. Former President Donald Trump's $2.3 trillion appropriation bill for 2021 contained a mandate that the Pentagon and spy agencies must file a report about unidentified aerial phenomenon. So now UFOs is now UAP. WAP. Most of us just call them flying saucers or UFOs. Whether the jargon, noted whistleblower Luis Elizondo, former head of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Look at that. There's a whole program for it already. Which operated out of the secretive fifth floor of the Pentagon C-Ring, told the Post about the resulting blockbuster document, which is reportedly slated for release in June. So it comes out this summer. Tied to the mandate... Elizondo said the upcoming report touches down on the unexplainable. Longtime UFO believers are hungry for explanations of the tic-tac-shaped objects the Navy encountered in 2004, the strange cubes within spheres seen by Navy pilots in 2014, 
or the mysterious black triangles continually reported around the world. Such details promise to come via the much-anticipated report. In at least one evolution of belief, I think the government has acknowledged the reality of UAPs, Elizondo exclusively told the Post, despite signing, s signing what he refers to as a lifelong NDA before he resigned from the Pentagon in 2017. I think they all want answers, and I think they're willing to ask the hard questions. This is not a conversation like fine wine, where the longer we keep a cork on it, the better it gets. Continue. How many more slides? Oof. I'm going to read this one, then I'm done. Say it again. Okay. During a press conference this week, Elizondo made clear that UFOs have been observed to have qualities that are nothing less than otherworldly. He described vessels flying at 11,000 miles an hour and being able to turn instantly, providing a comparison, he explained, for our most advanced jets going at the same speed. If you wanted to make a right-hand turn, it would take you about half the state of Ohio to do it. He also detailed Spielberg-worthy operational capabilities that fall into the realm of transmedium travel. I'm telling you, you better get solid in the word because the Bible says a great deception or delusion will come upon the earth that if possible, even the very elect will be deceived. And you're going to hear preachers when this stuff hit, hits. Well, you know, I think we need to re-examine. We've always, we've always interpreted the Bible through the lens of what we knew, but I think now we have to re-examine some, yeah, you, you re-examine it. Signs in the heavens, the very powers of the heavens will be shaken. Elizondo explained that the eye-popping vessels can fly 50 feet above the earth's surface or 80,000 feet in the sky and even submerge underwater without a compromise in performance. When you see that, you recognize you're dealing with a technology more advanced than ours. That was despite apparent threats to security of the United States, Elizondo was particularly disturbed by the locations where UFOs or UAPs tended to hover. Continue, actually. I'm intrigued. Even the way in which these inexplicable flying machines manage to lift off blows away any rational engineering. This is in the New York Post. Open discussion from the Pentagon that we have alien aircraft. These things have no wings, no cockpits, no control surfaces, no rivets in the skin, no obvious signs of propulsion, and somehow they're able to defy the natural effects of Earth's gravity, Elizondo said. How is that possible? How long do you think it is till he suicides himself? The existence of the AATIP wasn't revealed until 2017, along with what Trump described as a hell of a video montage. <laughs> Sounds like him describing something. Captured by the Navy, featuring a dark circular object flying in front of a military jet, along with other small, ob other small object racing over land at astonishing speeds in 2004 and 2015, respectively. The Department of Defense confirmed the authenticity of the footage. You heard that? not some independent person. The United States Department of Defense confirmed the, uh, the authenticity of the footage, and a Navy spokesman confirmed the object. I'm not going to read this article if they use the word spokesman. It's spokesperson. Confirmed the objects in the videos to be UAP. Continue. 
At the time, former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid from Nevada took credit for arranging $22 million in annual funding for the AATIP. It was one of the good things I did in my congressional service. By 2019, the Pentagon had confirmed to the Post for the first time that they research and investigate UFOs and continue to do so. Meanwhile, UFO sightings in New York City were up 31% in 2020, 46 compared to 35 the previous year, marking a whopping 283% spiked increase from 2018's dozen, according to the National UFO Reporting Center. That it? Nope. However, for generations and for all the wrong reasons, national security bigwigs did not want to release more information to the public. They felt that it made them look inept, he said. They felt in some cases that it challenged their philosophical and theological belief systems. They just couldn't pr process it. There seems to be a very distinct congruency between UAP activity and our nuclear technology, he continued. That's concerning to the point where we've actually had some of our nuclear capabilities disabled by these things. Yikes. There's absolutely evidence that UAPs have an active interest in our nuclear technology. If this starts to sound like a Twilight Zone episode, Elizondo talks about UFOs pulling as many as 700 G-forces when our most technolo technologically advanced aircraft can stand only 17 before falling apart. That's to say nothing about the pilots. It's easy to hope for a fast and satisfactory wrap-up. Clearly, that's what Elizondo is gunning for. This is not a conversation... We already read that. The end? Preparation. And, and the Bible says there'll be the powers of the heavens will be shaken. There'll be signs in the sky. Let alone meteors. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And then I, I close with a great delusion, which I believe aliens will play a part in as you're already seeing. So let's deal with the final thing Jesus talked about. Many false prophets will appear, claiming I am the Messiah, and there'll be a great deception or a great delusion. This is not in the Bible, what I'm about to say. This is, so I want to just tell you up front, this is me making a prediction. If there's going to be a great delusion or deception put on the earth, that if possible, even the very elect will be deceived. I personally believe that there's going to be something like this that happens. The Catholic Church will say something like, we actually have always had the body of Jesus. He never rose from the dead. We can confirm it by scientists that this is his body and that it comes from that time period. We've always known he never rose from the dead. That's why we have the Shroud of Turin. We've known exactly where it's at, and we feel it's time to let people know, and we have all the evidence. I, I, I mean, produce a body. Have scientists tell you it's Christ's body. He never rose from the dead. I believe there'll be something like that to that extent that if your faith is not in God's word, anything in the natural will make it where you're a fool for believing God's word. That if possible, even the very elect will be deceived.
when I see the Catholic Church start to become a front for a one-world religion, I believe there's going to be a severe, both with aliens, like you're seeing right now. It's amazing how I would have sounded insane saying this like a month ago. Now, thankfully, there's, it's like being openly talked about. Between aliens and then the Catholic Church working to undermine Christianity, I believe there's going to be a... There's going to be an attempt to make you feel like you're some relic from the 1600s if you still believe that Jesus Christ, you're just ignoring reality. But those that endure to the end shall be saved. The Bible says, don't believe anybody that says anything that contradicts the word of God. Paul said, even if an angel appears and tells you that angel's cursed, I wouldn't care if a UFO landed out in front of my property right now and a spaceman got out and did nine miracles and told me he's the new Messiah. He could kiss, he could kiss right off. Go back to hell where he came from. There's going to be a rise in demonic power, obviously, before the return of Christ. The magicians in Pharaoh's court threw rods down and the rods turned into snakes. The Bible talks about that the false prophet will, turn a, will give life to a statue and cause it to speak and the statue will command that anyone refusing to worship it must die. You better get ready. If you can't go to church because it's raining, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> as sure as I'm sitting here. You better get ready for the devil to make every attempt that even if possible, the very elect will be deceived. Anchor your faith in God's word. I didn't know that, Doug. The Pope and the bishops that belong to the Pope have spoken about aliens and that they're searching for them. I'm telling you, the world is going to rise up to receive a, a false Messiah. And the Bible doesn't say they're going to respect your belief. Okay, well, if you don't want that, they're going to receive that Messiah and they're going to threaten you with jail and court if you won't go along with the program because you're holding back. We're all in this together. Same way, if you don't wear a mask, you're hurting other people. If you don't receive this Messiah, you're, you're hurting other people. You're holding back progress. So get ready. But I'll also tell you this. Anytime there's an increase in demonic power, there's an increase in angelic power to help those that are the called to salvation. Get in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Stay with God. Stay with his word. If they want to treat you like you're some leftover from the 1800s, buy a pair of overalls and a straw hat and eat a steak. If the world doesn't like you, you're on the right track. If the world thinks you're doing great, you're going to hell. Shall we pray?
Father, you said pray that we be counted worthy to escape the horrors that are to come. And if we endure to the end, we'll be saved. I thank you for strength today. Strengthen our spirit to be the Daniels of our generation. The Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's of our generation. That when everyone bows, we stand. When everyone stops praying, we pray more. When we're ordered not to preach, we preach publicly and louder and work the works of Christ. Thank you for fresh anointing today. We, we pray, Father, that the thing you commanded us to do, we would enter into. That our spirits will not be dulled and our minds dulled by carousing and drunkenness, but that we'd be alert and clear-headed under the coming of the Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray for you where you're at. Receive fresh strength to do what God's called you to do, to be who God's called you to be, and to enjoy, to learn to enjoy the mockery of the world, the scorning of men for naming the name of Christ, to enjoy it. In Jesus' name, to wear it as a badge of honor that the world hates you. And your boldness will inspire other people. It'll catch on. Those that are timid and weak will see your life as an example. In Jesus' name. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please don't wait for it five more minutes. Jesus is coming soon. I want you to pray this with me out loud. This is not information to understand. This present age is coming to an end. There really is a heaven. There really is a hell. And every person is going to spend their eternity in one of those two places. That decision's not made by God. That decision's made by you right now. Choose Christ. Choose life. Choose the blessing. Say this prayer with me out loud. Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I repent. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Let me know that you prayed that in the comments. Right, I did. I want to see who I prayed with. And then please take a second step and go to revivaltoday.com and click, I just got saved. Click that, fill out that form completely, and I'm going to send you a Bible and other materials I produce to help you live the Christian life. Welcome to the family of God. Before I leave you alone today, today is a very special day in our ministry. Tonight at 9 o'clock, 
New York City time. So you can do the math uh, wherever you're at. East Coast time in America at 9 o'clock. We're airing a one-hour special on Daystar. Not taking an offering. Nothing wrong with taking offerings. I'm going to take one right now in a, about two minutes. But this is just straight to pray for people that are locked down all over the world that need miracles, that are depressed, that have cancer. And people that are on their way to hell that don't know the gospel. We will be live, not just in America, Canada, South America, Australia, New Zealand, on down the line. At, uh, the whole continent of Africa on Daystar for one hour. And it's going to be powerful. It's, you know, I'll probably reach more people with the gospel tonight than in the first 10 years of our ministry put together, if not first 15 years of our ministry put together. Because it's, it's, it's a heavily watched network. If it's not number one, it's, it's 1A, the TBN. So if you'd like to stand with me, you know, plus we're, we're building a church and all that. You know that. So if you'd like to sow today, today is a day it will be much appreciated and well used. Because if you, if you guess how much it would be to go on a channel worldwide and you guess not cheap, you're correct. But I'm not, I'm not pausing what we're doing until the church is built. We're going to just go, I told you anyway. The, nothing in, in evangelism is going gonna, is gonna to stop. It won't even slow down. We're going to do more in evangelism and, the, and then add the church in with us, and the Lord will give us the grace to do it. No, not 9 o'clock in Colorado. 9 o'clock on the East Coast. So you've got to figure out what mountain time is. I think, I think it would be 7 for you. But check. Africa, wherever you're watching me from, it'll, if you get Daystar, I'm on. I'm on every one of their channels tonight. I'm believing for 500 people that'll sow $1,000. If you do, I'm going to send you as a thank you the Revival Today Kingdom Builders Bible that's being made right now. Black leather, genuine leather, New King James, has our logo there on the front, says Revival Today Kingdom Builders Bible. And then it has pictures from our 20 years in evangelism in there. I'm believing for 100 people that will sow at the $5,000 level. If you do that along with the Bible, I'm going to send you 20 years of my preaching. Adolis is on there too. Anything they've ever recorded me preaching. Over two terabytes on a, on a flash drive. So you can listen to it in your car if you have a flash drive port. I'm believing for 20 that will sow 10000 or more, and I'm also believing for heavy hitters, people that'll sow at the six-figure level, that the, that the man of God may abound to every good work. Building a church shouldn't involve heathen banks, and it shouldn't be a 25-year project. The church should be able to do things faster than casinos do things, and we will. So thank you. Don't miss that program tonight. And I'll see you on Check the News at 11 o'clock tonight. Uh, oh, here's the ways you can give. Hashtag donate on Facebook. You can text RT to 50155. Cash app, dollar sign RT give. Go to revivaltoday.com. 
slash PayPal, especially if you're international. Someone said, uh, Maria said on the app, how can I partner? If you go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now, it has a place where you can partner and set up recurring gifts. Thank you in advance. If you want to do cryptocurrency, you can go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now or scan that QR code. Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Litecoin, USD coin, and make sure we get that updated as uh, whatever, whatever new currencies, uh, cryptocurrencies the government allows us to receive. If you prefer mailing, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. Make it out to Revival today. If you want to speak with a nice human being, 412-446-2332. If you're international, plus one, 412-446-2332. However you give, please take the second step and go to RevivalToday.com and click Claim My Offer because that ensures we get your name and address. Some ways that you give, we don't get any information from you, then we can't send you anything. Then it seems like we lied. God bless you. Hope you enjoyed today. Please share the broadcast if you feel so led, because don't you feel like this information would, would really help people to see what's going on through the Word of God? And then tomorrow we close it out. Don't miss tomorrow. Now that you know all these things, what do you do? I love you. Have a great day. God bless you. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.